This is the Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN. Find me on Twitter. You can find me on Instagram at Gordon Damer. You can find me on TikTok at least uh, for a little while uh, at Old Man Radio. But most importantly, you can find me right here on your radio, 4.30 this afternoon. Rangers, Panthers, pregame then. But, man, do we got a lot of stuff to do before, like the old uh, Smokey and the Bandit, long way to go and a short time to get there. We got a lot of stuff to do and not much time to do it. So pumped up for the show today. How could you not be, right, with everything Going on right now with March Madness, as you heard in the update there, right? As, as wide open a field when you hit the Elite Eight as you possibly could have. All the number one seeds are gone. Uh, you have, in addition to March Madness, you got the full-blown panic about the Knicks season. And make no mistake, Nick fans are panicking. It's not alarm. It's not eh, a little anxiety. It's not even hysteria. It's, it's gone far past that. It is a full-blown panic. So we'll get into the Knicks in the course of these uh, 90 minutes or so. And then, of course, you got, what, 33 days now until the NFL draft. And the NFL draft is not as prominent this year because the Jets and Giants having the years that they did. It's not as prominent as the last few years. But, of course, you have the question about Aaron Rodgers. Does it happen before the draft or does it happen after the draft? Because we know Aaron Rodgers is going to the Jets. As I've said before, not even the Jets can screw this up. Aaron Rodgers will be a Jet. It's just a question of when, not if. And because we are a sports talk show, we are legally required in the course of these 90 minutes to at least mention Aaron Rodgers a couple of times. And then, as I start to lose my voice, we have five days. Five days until opening day in Major League Day Baseball. Five days until Mets-Marlins. Five days until Yankees-Giants. And this is the time as a baseball fan where everybody is, is looking forward. Everybody's feel, Even Pirate fans right now, well, I don't know if they're feeling great, but as great as they're going to feel, this is the time where you can have a little bit of hope, right? Hope springs eternal. And for the Yankees, so much has been focused in the last week, and I guess more than that, but it's really because it's coming down to decision time. So much of the conversation has been focused on Anthony Volpe. Is he going to win the shortstop job? Is he going to make the team out of spring training? Is it possible that the Yankees could actually not hand him the job when he has done everything that he's done? So, I mean, he's been sensational. And, you know, sure, the Yankees have said it's an open competition. And sure, he has been the best shortstop on the team. But as the Yankees have proven really quite often here, especially over the last few years, you really can't take them at their word. You really can't take them at their word because there's t- plenty of times, and maybe it's just this, this organizational thing where they feel like they have to be overly optimistic. You don't want to say anything negative. You don't, don't focus on the negative. We got to keep it positive. Maybe it's an offshoot of that that takes it, it makes it hard for to, the, to take them uh, at their word when they say things. But just take a look uh, last year, right? IKF, one of the best defensive shortstops in the game. Yeah, until the rubber hit the road in the playoffs and he was on the bench. Or things, they just say things at times that make you roll your eyes so much so that you could end up on the IL. You could like sprain something in your eye, rolling your eyes at some of the things they say. Well, you know, we're really starting to like some of the at-bats from Aaron Hicks. Seeing some good things from Josh Donaldson. So it's hard sometimes to uh, to trust their judgment. So when it comes to the question of Anthony Volpe, will he make the team out of spring training? I would say this. uh, If he is not going to be the opening day shortstop for the New York Yankees, which at this point, 
kind of feels like it would be an upset. Right? I know the Yankees and, and Brian Cashman have a reputation now of being stubborn and sticking to their guns despite what the evidence says. But at this point, with everything that Volpe has done and the fact that it's still, I don't know exactly why it's still up in the air, but he continues to produce in spring training and you were the ones that said that this is an open competition, it almost feels like an, it would be an upset at this point if he's not the opening day shortstop. But if he's not going to be the opening day shortstop, maybe he can be one of their pitchers. Because you got the news today that Luis Severino, a low-grade latch strain. And the uh, reports that you uh, see on Twitter and online is he is expected to start the season on IL, uh, on the IL. Expect, yeah, it seems like that would be pretty safe uh, expectation. You know, anytime you wake up and you uh, grab the old Twitter machine and you see a player on your team quoting Bible quotes, that's never, it's never a good way to start the day. And I saw a report that he is likely to start the, I, uh, the season on the IL. Uh, I, I, the first thing, I, the th- first thought I had was, well, they misspelled definitely. Uh, yeah, he is definitely going to start the season on the IL because while it is seen as a mild strain, I believe he had a mild strain last year and missed two months. So if you're keeping score at home as we get ready for the start of uh, the season and opening day, now 60% of the Yankees' rotation is now hurt. So it's not just uh, Luis Severino. Of course, you have uh, Carlos Rodon, who uh, was hurt, and uh, that has been an issue in his career, right? And you would that's one of the concerns you had or should have had when that signing was made, a guy who has been hurt a lot and has, has undergone – uh, injury, you know, suffered injuries to the shoulder, to the elbow, to basically everything, and is coming off a career high in every major pitching category. Uh, you have to worry about the health there. And then, of course, you have Frankie Montas, who really all we've known about him is he was hurt. He was hurt before they got him. He was hurt when they got him. They got hurt again, uh, and he was horrible when he did pitch. So uh, I'm sure, look, the Yankees, I'm sure the lineup will pick up the slack after all the improvements made, they made to that in the offseason. So, you know, like we've been doing the rewatchable movie bracket on uh, ESPN New York tonight, and, and one of the movies that's still alive is uh, A Bronx Tale. Uh, and it really feels like in the last year plus, Brian Cashman has been on like a mush-like run. I mean, between last offseason and the moves made there, maybe the worst trade he's ever made in the Donaldson and the IKF move, the trade deadline this past season where every tra- they, they were active, made a lot of deals, and it, I mean everybody that they dealt for got hurt, it seems like, at some point. And then you, you get into the playoffs, you barely survive Cleveland, and then get embarrassed uh, by the Houston Astros. And then this past offseason where you didn't fix anything uh, about the offense, it doesn't exactly fill you with a whole ton of optimism heading into the season. And, and, and was it me? Wasn't it a couple of years ago that the Yankees revamped their, their, their strength and conditioning program because of the injuries? I see it. Am I mistaken? Because I seem to remember that. And, and how has that worked out exactly? Let's uh, take a quick recap of that. Because it feels like in the last year or so, if you are on the list of players who have not gotten hurt, well, you are the lucky ones. Because that list continues to grow. And I'm wondering if we, as we get into the season, whether or not injuries are now going to be like uh, the playoffs, how the playoffs are a crapshoot. The injury, the injuries are a crapshoot. You can't predict injuries. Well, you can't predict them, but, uh, and you also can't seem to prevent them. So as uh, the good news is for Yankee fans, 
If you are one of those ones that has been focused on Anthony Volpe, whether or not he's going to be the starting shortstop or not, it feels like the Yankees have a bunch of issues here to solve before we get to opening day. And if one of them is the starting shortstop position, that one would be a pretty easy one to fix. The crown jewel of your system is involved in an open competition, according to you. He has been lights out. He has been the better player. He is someone that you have expected at some point here is going to be part of the Major League ride. Not, it's not exactly a shock. It's not like, well, we don't expect him to be ready till you know 2025. No, at some point this year, you expected Anthony Volpe to be part of the equation. And if that's sooner rather than later, fantastic. So if that's one of the issues you feel like you have to solve and you haven't solved it yet, you haven't, you haven't announced anything yet, that one would be to seem to be a pretty easy one to solve. So hopefully... In the course of this next week, we'll get the answer that all Yankee fans are hoping for, that Anthony Volpe will break the, the uh, break spring training with the Major League Club, and he is the Yankees' starting shortstop. 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number, 1-800-919-3776. Coming up, if you want to get into the Yankees, certainly that is there for you with the Severino news today, which um, is, is not great news. I, I guess at this point with Luis Severino, it can't really be all that shocking news because of how often the guy has been hurt. So we'll see how long he is going to be out because now you have to really start to scrape together some guys for the starting rotation, which is not a great way to feel going into the start of the baseball season. But also we got to get into the Knicks. Now, after having some time to digest the performance against the Magic, sometimes things happen and you need to, a little while to clear your head, right? Sometimes you need to take, you need to count to 10. Sometimes you need longer than 10. And sometimes when you have longer than 10, uh, the things uh, seem worse. And that, that's, <laughs> that feels like the case with the Knicks' loss to the Magic and then getting ready for Houston and getting ready for the final seven games of the season. So coming up, we'll get into the Knicks and everything that's uh, focused there as they get ready for the playoffs, you hope, and not the play-in. But we'll do that next. It is the Gordon Damer Show. 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number. Taking you up until 4.30, only here on 98.7 FM and the all-new ESPN New York app. This is the Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN. And of course, you know the, the slate for tonight. You got your two Elite Eight games. First up is uh, Kansas State going up against uh, Florida Atlantic. And I would have to, I know that UConn is um, kind of. In a, in a way, a local because of um, Danny Hurley and, and all that. But if you're just watching the tournament and you don't have any rooting interest, you'd have to think that Kansas State is is like the people's choice between uh, Marquise Noel and the whole story about uh, Keontae Johnson. So uh, Kansas State and Florida Atlantic, they're first up. And then uh, the late game tonight will be uh, UConn, the number four seed, against number three, Gonzaga. So uh, we'll be all focused on that tonight. But uh, look, uh, basketball here. Um, I have not focused so much on the tournament this year because, A, didn't fill out a bracket ahead of time. And it's amazing when you don't have a betting root, a rooting or a betting interest in these things. It's amazing how things change. And I've just been focused on, on the Knicks season so much. And um, it has been, even at this point, a fun season, an unexpected season, a season of winning streaks and and, and thinking about playoff matchups and the emergence after the acquisition of Jalen Brunson. But with the Knicks, as you know, 
whenever there are high highs, there are going to probably be some low lows. So they finish up the nine-game winning streak and have responded by losing six of their last nine, and it kind of feels like everything is spiraling right now. You go out and, and lose the games that they have in this past week, and then you go out and lose the magic where you come out flat, you trail by 19 points a couple of separate times, you finally get the game tied at the third quarter, at the end of the third quarter, and then fourth quarter, you would think, okay, we've not played well, it's not been a complete performance, but game's tied, we're the better team, let's go finish this off. And, and the magic building down there was filled with Nick fans. So you th- it was almost like in a, in a home game on the road. But the Knicks uh, give up a 13-4 run, I think it was, to start the fourth quarter. And you had the Randall meltdown before the half. And, and R.J. Barrett with his latest dud. And, and Brunson's hurt. Here's the thing. And let's look at it from a, a wide scope first. And then we'll, we'll, we'll really narrow the focus down. The Knicks for this season, they have to accomplish two things. The Knicks must make the playoffs. They have to be one of the top six seeds to have this be a successful season. You would prefer it be the five seed. Um, If it's going to be the six seed, okay, not as great. But it's still, you're in the playoffs. And if before the season I told you you are going to be in the playoffs, not through the play-in, but through the playoffs, you were going to be one of the top seed. Anybody and everybody would have signed up for that. And when they get to the playoffs, the other thing they have to accomplish, they have to be more competitive than they were two years ago, whoever they play. If it's the five seed, if it's the six seed. Now, I would think it would be easier to do that if you're the five. But if you're the six, you have to be more competitive than you were two years ago. And the good news there is it won't be hard. It would not be hard to be more competitive than you were two years ago because two years ago, it felt like you got completely exposed. You got proven to be fool's gold when you went up against the Hawks outside of the one win where Nick fans lost their minds. So the first thing, I get it. There's plenty of reasons to be concerned when there's seven games left and people are talking about must wins against the uh, Houston Rockets. That's never a good place to be in. But the things that think the Knicks have to get fixed here in these last seven games are fixable. And the first one you would have to say is Julius Randle has got to get his act together. And I don't know that I'm all that confident of that happening. Because of what we've seen in the past, he's had an incredible season. You can't take that away from him. Uh, But when things are not going his way, it seems like uh, you can get him off his game. That was certainly the case two years ago against the Hawks. And we've seen it repeatedly now when calls are not going his way. And you take a look at the the thing that, that I think is getting missed on that technical the other night. Most people are focusing on the whole quickly thing, which was was not a good look, clearly. Uh, the way he looks at quickly, like, how, who are you to, to interrupt me? You know, that was not a great look. But the thing that really jumped out to me on, on the first watch and, and subsequent watches is he's surprised by it. It was so clear he was going. You could have, that, that, that technical could have been sponsored. That Mike Breen could have had a read that he had to sponsor that technical. And he would have been able to find the read, be handed the read, read it. By the time Randall got that technical, it was building up to that, and it was crystal clear it was going to happen. You have teammates trying to pull him away from the scene. You have the ref, like, walking away from him. You have the ref pointing towards the bench like, I don't know what he said, but you should leave. You should go over there and stop arguing this. And then when he finally gets the technical, which was obvious to everybody but him, he's like, what? Technical? Why? Why would you give me a technical? 
it's such a bad, I mean, it's such a lack of self-awareness. So he has got to get his act together because whether you like it or not as a Knicks fan, you are still relying on Julius Randle. Whether Randle's the best player, whether Brunson's the best player, you, the Knicks have zero chance of doing anything without Julius Randle being at his best down the stretch of this season and into the playoffs. So that's the first thing. The second thing is R.J. Barrett's season. I mean, saying a major disappointment is an understatement. This year was supposed to be, it was expected to be, a step forward. A year where where he found more consistency, where he became more efficient. And he has been the the picture of inconsistency. You cannot rely on him in any way. You don't know what you're going to get. And after the game the other night, with Larry, we were, you know, people were calling, oh, well, you know, he's only 22. It's his fourth season. He was the third pick in the draft. This is, I, I get it. He's the only 22. Yeah, it's a, it's, it's a young man's league. It's not like he just got it. It's not like his first season. He's not a second-year player. This is year number four. He's been paid. And there's no question that this year has been a major disappointment. And another thing. If the Knicks find themselves in the same position as they were in this past offseason, I don't think there's going to be as many people banging the table to make sure that they hold on to R.J. Barrett. And then I guess the third thing would be the the area that I would focus on with the Knicks here is uh, Coach uh, Coach Thibodeau. You know, for all the criticism, and anytime anything goes wrong, uh, and, and this might just be callers to our shows or sports talk radio in general, the first per Nick fans have really never been on board with Coach Tibbs uh, because anytime anything goes wrong, it could be uh, Randall getting the technical, it could be uh, R.J. Barrett not playing defense. The first person most Nick fans are going to blame, well, you got to get Tibbs out of here. You got to get Tibbs out of here. I mean, look, the guy has flaws as a coach. I think every coach has flaws. But in three years, he's been pretty good. And in terms of what the job description is from Nick's management, he has he has pretty much carried that out, and that that is put a respectable product on the floor. No more, no more nineteen win seasons. No more being a laughing stock or a punchline. Have a a respectable coach who actually knows what he's doing. Not some first year, first time around guy. A guy who has actually a resume of success to a certain degree. He's been a coach of the year uh, even before he got to the Knicks. But Nick fans, when anything ever goes wrong, the first focus of their attention is really not players as much as it is the coach. And there are fair areas of criticism for the coach, and then there's unfair You know, if you're blaming him for everything, that's unfair. But for him, he has defended Randall at every turn. And even the reason why Quickly was in the position of trying to grab uh, Randall away from that situation was because Tibbs, in the past, well, you know, we all have to kind of be aware of protecting Randall from himself. So at some point, I know it feels like because of previous stops, Tibbs is very, um, he wants to make it, make it clear that he has his players back. But at some point, you have to, you have to go to the player and say, look, dude, and actually say to him what you're saying to us, right? You know, uh, passion is, is great but it can't get in the way of winning. Well, maybe you might want to tell that to Randall so he stops melting down in these situations. 
Because if he's going to continue to do what he's done here for the last week or so, uh, it's it, the, 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 the downward spiral is not only likely to continue, it's almost certainly going to continue. Now, I don't want to paint it all doom and gloom because at the end of the day, what this has shown you is, you know, we get all caught up, right? Knicks are winning nine in a row. Hey, we're only this many games behind. I get, I get caught in it too. We can catch the Cavs. We can beat the Cavs. We should be four. We're better than them. There, it's clear at this point. There's a gulf between the top four in the East and whatever two teams also make the playoffs. If it's the Heat and the Knicks, if it's the, the, the Knicks and the, the Nets, if it's the Heat and the Nets, whoever it is, those two teams, while they might be grouped in the same, you know, being in the playoffs as the top four, they're not like the top four. The top four are far better. And what this has shown you here as you get closer to the end of the season, almost the Knicks are not beating the Cavs in a series. So if you're one of these people who say, well, the Knicks have to win a playoff series for this year to be a success, you're, you're, I mean, you're moving the goalposts on that so ridiculously, it's unfair. And I, w- I would guess that going into it, you're, not, you're actually one of the verified Nick haters. That, that, to think that you knew before the season, well, you've got to win a playoff series. No, no, no. The way they judge themselves is pretty clear. They want to put a respectable product on the floor. They don't want to be a punchline. They don't want to be a laughingstock. They want to have a good team that makes the playoffs. And if they can win a playoff series, great. I mean, I'm sure they'd like to win a playoff series. But the real goal is to put something respectable on the court until you can make the big move and make the big jump. They've not made the big jump yet. I heard somebody say, well, you know, chances that Randall, uh, I don't know if he's going to be on the team when they have a championship window. I I can tell you right now, he's not going to be. He's not going to be. They're going to have to make a big move for superstars at some point. But that's not right now. So the, 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 let's focus on the immediate. The immediate is let's stabilize things. And the Knicks have been pretty good at that. Every time it feels like the roof is going to cave in, they've generally stabilized things. They got seven games to go to stabilize things again and make sure they get the fifth seed. Let's put it that way. 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number. 1-800-919-3776. All right, let's get some uh, phone calls in. We'll start off things with uh, Jose is in Brooklyn. Jose, first up on the Gordon Damer Show. Hey, hey, GD. Good afternoon. Hey, Jose. What's going on, man? Uh, kinda, um, I, I wanted to talk about the Jets because I, I know you're enjoying the Jets. Uh, not the Jets, the Knicks, because I know you're enjoying the Jet news way too much, and I don't really like it. But well, well, How am I enjoying I'm just telling you <laughs> that the, the, the know, Jets I are know. going to get Aaron Rodgers. I don't want them to get Aaron Rodgers, but I, 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 I realize they're going to get Aaron Rodgers. But you know you would be very happy for it to epically blow up. Blow, oh, blow well, up look, no matter what happens, I want it to epically <laughs> blow up. I'm, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> so, yeah, and that's why, that's why, that's why we, always, we always like you, Dean. Um, so here's uh, my Nick point, and, and, and I do, do agree with you because it's kind of two, a two-parter. Um, my concern with the Knicks is how they play, how, how they played, you know, the last three weeks. We can't, we, you know, we've overstated the defense. We've overstated, you know, even R.J. Barrett's problems, you know, and his, his inconsistency. And I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to, you know, be one of those, you know, to, like like some of your colleagues and, and say and try to not admit that I was wrong. It looks like I'm turning out to be wrong on R.J. Barrett because he is he he hasn't really, you know, taken that big leap of step. 
do I still think that, you know, there is, you know, time and, you know, time and growth and development? Yeah, yeah, I do think that there is that time. But when it comes to the Knicks, what really concerns me is uh, it, it is a little bit of Tibbs, you know, relationship with Julius Randle where I'm starting to feel like Julius Randle may think that he that he is like the ultimate alpha male where nobody can approach him on that team. And I still remember last year where he was horrible and inconsistent and not playing very well. You really didn't see his minutes get cut. And no. that's kind of and that's where I'm like, hey, this is this is de- definitely setting some type of po- political favoritism game here because we've seen RJ's minutes get cut, we've seen Deuce McBride's minutes get cut, Jericho's sims get cut. Where and and with with Deuce and Jericho, they've actually proven that they can be trustworthy with the, when when given the minutes. So it's kind of very it's kind of very concerning. I know that he is a great coach and he's a great defensive coach and he's definitely you know done a great job and rebuilding but sometimes it, it kind of does feel like he may be more of like a uh, of, of making a comparison to a different uh manager kind of like a buck showwater type of coach where he'll get you to you know being respectable and get you back to you know to the playoffs but it doesn't look like he's going to win the big one well, look, and Jose, thanks for the phone call. I mean, the Knicks are not in the in the the, the win it all mode right now. Um, you know, if they could if they could be competitive in a playoff series, that would be a step up. And you know, it's and it's weird because generally when there's an organization that has been as bad as the Knicks have been for as long as they've been bad, when things get turned around to any degree, there is. Um, there is, there is an appreciation for, all right, well, you know, it's significantly better. But it's almost like with the Knicks, it's forgot. It's almost like when things are bad, it's, it's the same level of bad. So, like, if they were to, to, to drop down to six, people approach it with a, a, a sense of negativity like it was like when they were winning 19 or 20 games in a season. It's not that bad. But, no, look, they're not, they're not in that mode yet. And, and maybe when they do make those big deals at some point, um, we will judge them far more harshly. But for now, you have, to, you have to worry about the immediate. And the immediate, I mean, one thing is clear. The defense is the area of greatest concern. You know, it's almost like you could have an argument about which of the last three losses were the worst one, uh, was the worst one. Was it, uh, you know, giving up 140 points to Minnesota without their two best players? Was it the Miami loss where you give up 127 points to one of the worst scoring teams in the league? Or was it um, the, the giving up 111 points and all those threes to Orlando, a team that's not good at shooting threes? I mean, you, you, could, you could build a credible case for any of them. That's how bad that they were. So they got to shore up the defense and they've got to shore up the three-point defense. And they did that earlier this year. I mean, that was an issue earlier and they did focus on it. So you hope now that after three days off when they finally play Houston on Monday – they get things straightened out, and I have confidence that they will because, again, I do not – it's very hard for me to think, even as things are starting to, to fade here, that when things generally start, seem like they're, they're at their worst, the Knicks generally respond. Generally respond. And usually when – you know, it's a double-edged sword. When they're coming off their best wins, that's when they sometimes have their worst performances beating Boston in double overtime, losing to Charlotte, beating Denver at home, then losing to Minnesota without their two stars. 
But the opposite is also true. Generally, when they have their worst performances, that's when they respond with one of their better ones. And they'll, I mean, look, they need to have one on Monday because you lose the one to Houston, then it's a, then it might be an all-out free fall. Then it might be an all-out free fall. one 800 espn is the telephone number. Let's go to Keith in Far Rockaway. Keith, next up on uh, the Gordon Damer Show. Yes, how you doing? Hey, Keith, what's going on, man? Good. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking, I'm, I'm thinking about Julius Randle. Like I said, he's, the, he's all they got. He ain't missed no games. If you take him out of there, um, he's, we don't have anything. And him and Brunson, they like they work very they're good together. You take out um, Julius Randle still doing his thing without Brunson. I wonder if you take Randle out, what would you get? So he's like, he's not Giannis and he's not MB, maybe a couple of notches down, but it's all he got. And I and I think he's just saying he's not he wants that up. Don't approach him like you know people don't approach LeBron, not putting him on the bronze level. But you know like quickly don't nobody would approach LeBron like that. You know, and you know, yeah, but he's not LeBron. That. I mean, that, but, but LeBron say, also wouldn't put himself in that position. Yeah, but he he won't come out and say, "Yo, I'm the man," but he actually is. He won't go out. He can't say that. But that's all we got. And um, I just I just think that the, this season is just wearing down. Everybody's just waiting to the finish line. They don't think they they wait for the playoffs. That's all they think. So everybody's tired. Everybody's beat, worn out. They they can't wait till the season is over with. <laughs> so I hope they win with Houston. But I just think that um, they, 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 playoffs is what we want, playoff basketball in New York. And we still need more help, you know. This is oh, different no, games I mean, than That's what not a question. Least. Yeah, look, Keith, it's I mean, you know, we, we, give, we give Randall credit, and thanks for the phone call. I mean, I think we've pointed it out. And, and maybe Nick fans are a little uh, overboard because they're overboard with everything. They're passionate about everything. But we give Randall credit when, you know, he's having unbelievable games and he's doing what he's doing. I mean – uh, two years ago, uh, you know, there were MVP chants and, and all that type of stuff. So when things are good, we, we give him all the credit that he deserves. And he is, you know, you're saying the Knicks can't uh, afford to not have him. Yeah, the Knicks can't afford to have not have anybody. They need everybody. And, and, and you're relying on him because he is one of your stars. Whether it's Brunson, Randall, or Randall Brunson, you need both of those guys going in the right direction. And with Brunson, it's been a physical thing. He's gotten hurt here a little bit, so hopefully he gets back before too long. Hopefully the Knicks don't rush him back, but, you know, give him the time to to get healthy because you're going to need him. But in the meantime, yeah, you're going to rely more on Randall, and he can't be self-destructing when when moments like that happen. And we've seen that happen uh, too often here. Uh, Sometimes he is his own worst enemy. 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number, 1-800-919-3776. So coming up, uh, we'll continue on with your uh, Nick calls. We'll get into some Jet stuff as well. But coming up, Brian Windhorst the other day, uh, he was talking on some podcast. I'll find out what podcast it was. But he got, I think as a Nick fan, he had to get your hopes up with one thing that he said this week. And he got my hopes up with one thing he said this week. And then immediately he took my hopes and then flushed them down the toilet. So I'll tell you both what he got his, my hopes up and flushed them down the toilet Coming up next, it is the Gordon Damer Show. It is 98.7 FM. This is the Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN. All right, so it is the Gordon Damer Show. It is 98.7 FM, ESPN, New York. Uh, I mentioned there before we're talking about the Knicks and everything going on right now, but there's two states with the Knicks. And if you're a Knicks fan, you know this. There is, there is the immediate, right? 
There is, do we make the, are we going to be the five seed? Are we going to end the losing skid? Are we going to face the Cavs in the first round? Can we beat the Cavs? It's the immediate. Julius Randle and Jalen Brunson's health and R.J. Barrett's uh, inconsistency. But when you're a Knicks fan and the fact that Leon Rose is the person running the team, there's always going to be that, okay, but there has to be a big trade, right? And, and look, we're year three of the Leon Rose regime. Maybe you would have thought that the big trade, the, the landing of the blockbuster talent would have already happened. But it looks like that might very well happen this offseason. So Brian Windhorst on the Hoop Collective podcast had this to say. And this got the first one. I hope we have this lined up properly. Otherwise, the whole thing's going to fall flat. The first one, he got my hopes up with what he had to say. He said this. They have two handfuls of trade material, in my opinion. They can make two big trades if they had to. Coming into this summer, they have the expiring contract of Evan Fournier, which can act as ballast in a trade. They have a bunch of younger players that people are interested in. And they have something like nine tradable first-round picks. In my view, they could trade for two star-level players if they needed to. It doesn't mean they'd have to do that deal, those deals, in the summer of 23. Those Deals could be made within the 23-24 season. They could be made in 24. In my opinion, they can hold Jalen Brunson. They can hold Julius Randle. And they can make two giant trades. Now, whether they can hold Brunson, Randle, and Barrett and make two giant trades, that would depend on the players. But there is even a window that they could hold all three of those and make two giant trades. Okay, so they, the, the, I think the point there is the Knicks could make two giant trades. Did you take... I, that's what I took away from that. The Knicks can make two giant trades. And I'll be honest... If Randall's included, if Barrett's included, uh, the, 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 what are the traits? That, that's really what you want to know. So, but that gets you, your hopes up as a Knicks fan because that's what you're waiting for. we got to get the top-level, true superstar talent before we're really ready to see what the, 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 uh, the ceiling is for the Knicks. But then, in the next second, as, as high as my hopes were there, Brian Windhorst took those hopes and just flushed them right down the toilet by saying this. It's going to require, I think, a player to say, send me to New York and potentially another star player to say, oh, I'll go to New York too. Or for New York to pull a big trade and then a star player going, oh man, they got this and they still got this. I want to do that. I kind of compare it to where the Cavs were in 2014. The Cavs had stuff and they had space and they used the space on LeBron and they used the stuff for Kevin Love. But I thought this about the Knicks for a while and it's never, <laughs> it's never happened. But the way they've positioned themselves and it's because they paid Jalen Brunson. He got a hundred million, right, Bobby? Yeah, hundred plus. Yeah, hundred plus. It's an excellent contract. So the Knicks are positioned. Leon Rose has put them in position. Now, getting in position is not the hard part. Executing is the hard part. But he's put him in position. I mean, yeah, we've known for a while. We need somebody who wants to come to. That was the painful part of the Donovan Mitchell thing. Was that he? He was a New York guy. He wanted to come here, and they didn't make the deal for it. That, that was a major part of it. The second, that second cut, it was like when George was explaining how he could get Bonds and Griffey in the same outfield and he wouldn't have to give up that much. Yes, we've known. That's the hard, it's not, the, the hard part is not getting in the position. That, it's not getting the reservation. It's holding the reservation. Uh, yes, of course. Now, yeah, all, all we have to do now is find two people who want to come to the Knicks. Yes, that's the hard part. All right, let's go back to the phones. 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number. Let's go to uh, Alex is in Brooklyn. Alex, next up on the Gordon Damer Show. Gordon, help me, man. Help me. Help me uh, deal, not with the Knicks, but with New York Knicks fans. Please, please okay. help me. This is 
like driving me crazy. So I, I personally have a Nick chat with like fifteen of my closest friends. They're all diehard fans. Mm-hmm. And one guy said, one one guy said to me, "Fire Sibs," and right. that's a popular one. He's been, yeah. yeah, and 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 I think it's absolute asinine. But of course, no, that's true. Ridiculed. That is also true too. Yes, it's he's been ridiculing me for the last uh, month and a half because I was saying, "Freed Randall," four months ago, three months ago, and are we surprised with what we're getting from Randall? We shouldn't be surprised. This is who he is. This is who he is, and yeah, he can fill up a stat sheet. He's a, he he can be a quality player when he wants to be, but ain't nobody winning a championship or making a championship run with a player that's you know you don't know what you're gonna get. You know, consistency is the number one thing that we need, and we just don't have it with him. You know, so it's like it's crazy, man. I I it's it's unreal. It really is. Uh, well, look, Alex, and thanks for the phone call. Um, you know, the idea that they're going to fire Tibbs is ridiculous. Again, what is the goal of this Knicks organization right now? Have somebody, a coach, who can put a respectable product on the court. That's the goal. It's not, Forget about championship run. The Knicks are not going on a championship run. Not with this group. You're hoping at some point that they will, you know, the talent upgrade will be such after making a trade or two or something along those lines. But that's not the goal. Uh, so the idea of, of firing Tibbs is ridiculous. And the idea of trading Randall is almost as ridiculous because, again, they are not taking a step back. Now, if someone co- calls them and says, hey, we'll give you this superstar, and as part of that package, you're going to have to give us Randall, hey, great. But what do you think the chances of that happening are? You know, the other teams around the league, they know who Julius Randall is. And, and this is not to take away from Julius Randall. He's had a fantastic season overall. The Knicks are not in the position that they're in without him. But that's not to say that he is blameless for things that go on. And he has got to get his emotions in check because as great the Knicks need everything going in the right. They need to be firing on all cylinders. That's why they are, you know, at the stage that they're at in the season. Because when they fire, they compete at a level that most other teams don't compete at consistently enough. But they're not the high-end talent of some of the other teams. So they need their, 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 their superstars, whether or not you think he is a true superstar, their superstars to not be hurting themselves in the process. And that's where it comes down to for Julius Randle. 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number. Coming up, more your phone calls. It is the Gordon Damer Show. It is 98.7 FM ESPN New York. This is the Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN. Everybody feeling good, getting ready for the playoffs. Everybody uh, touting all the positives of uh, Julius Randle's season. R.J. Barrett feeling good about the Orp. No, not really. Not really. But look, this is life as a Knicks fan. There's no way at this point that this could be a surprise. Anybody, if if you had uh, someone who got you into the team, they had to kind of lay it out for you at the beginning that, you know, there's going to be highs, but there are going to be some lows as well. And right now, you know, losing six of nine, looking at the nets, looking at the heat, creeping up behind you, trying to hang on to that fifth seed like uh, George Costanza when his mother was in the hospital. Hang on, Ma, hang on. This is one of those down times. And we'll see if the Knicks can uh, hang on to that five seed. Let's go back to the phone, shall we? Let's go out to Derek is in Queens. Derek, next up on the Gordon Damer Show. Hey, how's it going? Hey, Derek. Uh, just want to talk about Julius Randle. Um, I think it's absolutely asinine that people even mention the idea of trading this guy. 
if you just look at him from a raw talent perspective, I can't think of any other four, to be honest, that from a triple threat position on the perimeter can do what he can do. Um, I mean, who, who are we talking Zion Williamson, like who who are we, who are we gonna get? And would would that even be a a trade to consider? Because I I honestly am not even sure about it. Um, well, the guy's an absolute stud. Well, he's been fantastic this year. Uh, I agree with you, Derek. He is. You know, I don't know that he's a superstar, but he is the Knicks superstar. Uh, I don't know what you would have to. You know, what area the Knicks are going to be looking to trade. You know, what's the name that they're going to be looking to add when there's a name to add, uh, and will Julius Randle be part of that? I mean, those are all things to consider when the. You know, you have to have a little bit more. Uh, sure. Definitive. I mean, he, he was great on the Lakers. He was great on the. Uh, I don't know if he, he, he wasn't. He, I mean, he was. He was good. He's a good player, and he's and he, he stepped young, up his for game. A young player. I mean, like I said, he's he's got the perimeter game. He can take it to the rack. He can pass the ball, but he's got he's got an attitude. So, like, this is why people want to ship him out. What great? No, player I think. Look, Derek. Have, here's the you thing. Know, that chip on his shoulder. Well, look, Derek. Here's the thing. And thanks for the phone call. You know, I think that there's a certain if if Julius Randle is your best player, or arguably your best player, along with Jalen Brunson, your team has a certain ceiling, and that ceiling is not the NBA Finals. Okay, so we all knew that. We all said that after the 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 series against the Hawks a couple of years ago, right? If Julius Randle is your superstar, you have a very limited ceiling. So. It took a couple of years, but they went out and got Jalen Brunson, and now arguably he is. You know, I mean, it's 1A, one, one 1B. One and that team, it seems like, has a certain ceiling. But that ceiling is likely not a, 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 even a first-round playoff series. So, yeah, look, I'm not telling you that they have to move Randall at all costs, and the reason why people feel that way generally is because you sell when the thing is high, right, and you buy when it's low. And if there's a way to take Randall as a piece and move him to get something bigger, yes, that is something that the Knicks should investigate. But whether or not that actually you know, takes place, it seems pretty unlikely. And it's unlikely because it doesn't seem like other teams are banging down the Knicks' door to get Julius Randall either. 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number. Coming up, more of your phone calls. We'll get into the Jets. What's going on with Aaron Rodgers? Well, we are about one. I'm going to make a prediction. We are one week away from something, I don't know if it's really that big, but it's at least a development. I'll tell you what it is coming up next. It's the Gordon Damer Show. It's 98.7 FM, ESPN New York. Out of the nitty-gritty, tonight you'll obviously at 6 o'clock, you'll have uh, Kansas State and Florida Atlantic, and then that'll be followed by UConn taking on Gonzaga. So there's your, your hoops up, your very in-depth hoops update. That's what I do, people. But we've been talking a lot about the Knicks. 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number. one 800 919 Seven six, um, and we were talking there a minute ago about you know when the Knicks who are the Knicks going to get who look it, that 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 remains to be seen. We're not at that stage yet. We're, let's let's just focus. You know, Nick fans they they it's always about projecting, and I get it because at some point it's going to be about making that big trade. But that name is is not uh, it, it's not floating out there in the ether just yet. We'll we'll wait for that to come at some point. Well, it'll come at some point. It has to. All right, let's squeeze in a couple more Nick calls here. Let's go to uh, Harvey is in Florida. Harvey, next up on the Gordon Davis Show. Hey there, Gordon. How are you? I'm good, Harvey. What's going on, man? Okay, uh, I agree with you 200% on the Knicks being a terrible defensive team, giving up 140 to the Timberwolves without Anthony Davis and, uh, and Towns. 
And then 127 Miami, a great defensive team, not a high score. But I want to specifically get into specifics and why I think they are a bad defensive team. If you notice, the Knicks never, ever, ever fight through a pick. And the Miami coach knew that. Every time the Heat brought the ball down, they set up a high post pick. And the Knicks just get picked off constantly. You have to fight through the pick. You can't switch and cause mismatches all over the court. And that is what they do. Now, I don't know if it's Tim's fault because if he's a great defensive coach, he should be. He should see what I see and say, guys, guys, don't just give in and let them pick you off. It's important to fight through a pick. See it coming ahead of time. Heads up and get through that pick. And if you do that, the points against will drop precipitately a lot. What do you think? Well, I, I, I agree with you there, Harvey. That has been an issue. And, and, and thanks for the and thanks for the phone. I don't know what's going on with this. Harvey. You got to get that phone fixed. Um, I mean, that has been an issue here recently. I think also there is a uh, with Tibbs, there is a focus on making sure you protect the paint, and when guys go to help there, it opens up the three pointers. But these are all things that can be fixed. These are not unfixable problems, uh, and they were problems they had earlier this year, and they fixed. So I'd like to think if you go to fix them. Monday night would be a really good time to fix them. That would be a good time to get on that. Get on that quickly, will you? Uh, Jeff is in the car. Jeff, go, my man. Hey, Gordon. How are you doing? I'm good, Jeff. What's going on? Uh, nothing. I, I agree with, uh, I mean, a bunch of your callers. I think Julius Randle is a great player. He's definitely, and he's got even more potential, I think, than what he's shown. But, um, you know, they'd be crazy not to consider trading him if they, you know, if they could right. potentially land a superstar. Right. Um, yeah, I don't course. think those are mutually yeah. exclusive. Um, yeah, look, but I yeah, also want to ask you, you about. Um, sorry, go you got to turn down your radio, Jeff. Sorry about that. Go ahead. What's your other point? I was going to ask you about Jalen Brunson um, because it seemed like when the Knicks were really clicking, you know, when they went on that that stretch of wins. Um, you know, they were all healthy. They were all, you know, they were getting the best out of everybody. And then as soon as they started getting these injuries, you know, it's, it's just not been good. Um, so how much do you think is it that they're missing Jalen? Well, I mean, that's a major part yeah. of it, of course. Yeah, and thanks for the phone call, Jeff. Um, yeah, I mean, he's been, you know, arguably their best player. And I think they play their best when he is their best player, right? We can argue about, you know, sometimes it's Randall, sometimes it's him. It feels like when they're going at their best is because – uh, Brunson is leading the way. So, uh, but with the Knicks, they need everybody. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what other way to put it. They can't afford to be losing anybody. They need they need uh, R.J. Barrett to to find some level of consistency. They need they need Emmanuel quickly to be playing at their best. They need a healthy uh, Mitchell Robin. I mean, they need everything to be going the right direction. That's the thing. The Knicks. They are scraping up against the ceiling of what the highest level that they can perform at, and that would be the fifth seed. They're not, they're not as good as the top four teams in the East. Maybe they can be competitive against the Cavs. We will find out if they get to, to face off against them. But, yeah, they need, they need everybody. There's no other way to, uh, to put it. Um, let's go out to uh, Lewis is in the car. Lewis, go, my man. Hey, Gordon, what's going on? Um, I, was, I was listening to some of the callers, and um, – I feel like the Knicks are in the same position the Giants are. You got you got a couple of good guys, but now you guys got to make the team complete, and that and that's where they at. So I don't know why these Knicks fans are even talking about like championships and all like that. If, if that's what they're saying, I mean that's 
That, you shouldn't even think crazy. about that right now. Basically, you should be trying yeah. to think about trying to figure out what what your team is going to be next season. Because honestly, we know they're not going to get a chip this year. You know, you just want them to do good in the playoffs, show show a little toughness. But that other caller, he was talking about um, going through the streets. The NBA players don't play like that no more. That's what the guy needs to understand. You know, everybody wants to go back to when the Knicks were great back in the 60s. Everybody wants to go back to the – nobody plays like that no more. They switch, and that's how defenses are played. But uh, Don mentioned this the other night. You talk about the Knicks giving up 140 points. Damn near every team in the league gives up about 100 or some points a game. Everybody gives up that many points. It's not like just the Knicks are just giving up a bunch of points. Every team in the league gives about – every team scores about over 100 points a game. Damn near. Oh, no, look, I mean, that's true, Lewis. Even the Heat, I think, who are one of the worst, thanks for the phone call, they are one of the worst offensive teams in the league, and they even score over 100 points a game, but it's, you know, giving up 140 to a team that is playing without their two best players. Uh, it's it's giving up, uh, you know, whatever they gave up to the Heat, who are one of the, the worst offense. you know, I think, that, what was it, 127 they gave up to the Heat? Uh, so it's not just giving up 100 points. It's, it's, it's it, you're doing it against teams that do not do that. That that is you know not not their strength. So uh, and, and the Knicks' strength is defense, or it's at least supposed to be. So that's why it's it's so glaring. You know the Knicks, the Knicks are not going to uh, generally outscore you, but the defense has to be a, a major factor in why they're winning. Uh, let's go to is it GM and Valley Stream GM next up on the Gordon Damer Show. Hey Gordon, can you? I got Gordon, you. Perfect. Thank you. Uh, <clears throat> it's a little rainy out here. I'm actually in the car as well. So I'm just going to cut to it. I have three quick points. First point is I understand Damian Lillard doesn't want to chase rings. Point where they need to rebuild. So the Knicks need to work that, and they need to really work that in the offseason. That's number one. Number two, all tied into that, R.J. Barrett. You can package him up. You know, I think he's reached not his ceiling, but he's not going to be that second option player. He's a tertiary player at best, all right? So what I'm trying to say is at this point, if we are able to get someone like Lillard, right, we already have our secondary players in Randall and Brunson. Two B, that's taken care of. You you know, and like three or four callers ago, Randall has three more years at this level. To trade him at this point, you know, unless you're getting someone like a Kevin Durant, I'm just – using Kevin Durant, for example, but obviously that's far-fetched, but, and that's not going to happen. But again, Damian Lillard, package up R.J. Barrett, he's shown us what he's going to be, I think. At best, he's a third-option player. The Knicks don't need a third-option player right now because Quigley can fill that role behind Randall and Brunson, right? And one other thing before I go, you might want to, they might want to hone in on, the player who's out on a domestic issue with the Charlotte Hornets, Bridges, I would take him any day over R.J. Barrett. Any day. R.J. Barrett is too seesaw-ish, up and down. We don't need that at this point. Well, I I, I agree with you. I'm not going to go down. Thanks for the phone call. Um, I'm not going to go down that road. Look, here's the the larger point. Nick fans, you got to stop thinking about trading Randall. If that ends up happening at some point, okay, fine. But that it's not on the horizon, and I don't think the Knicks are looking to do that either. Now, they, they might be looking to make a major move at some point, right? After the season, they tried to do that this past year with Donovan Mitchell, uh, and I'm sure that that is a, an avenue they're going to go down. And if it does get to that point, well, then we can talk about it. But they're not, they're not looking to, uh, to, to move off Randall. 
They are not, this is not a regime that is willing to take a step backwards. They are looking to push things forward. They are looking to get better. So they're not going to, oh, well, we'll move Randall for a maybe. Now, if there's a, a sure thing that, that uh, presents itself and they can take Randall as part, I mean, that seems kind of far-fetched that that would be the case. But if that happens, great. But that's not, that's not a guarantee. That's not a, a sure thing, that's for sure. And look, would I love to have uh, Damian Lillard? Yeah, sure. But again, that's kind of, I, I feel like we've been talking about that for about five years now. <laughs> and it's a, I don't know that it's ever really been all that close. I don't think it's ever really been all that close. Uh, Sean is in San Juan. Sean, next up on the Gordon Damer Show. Gordon, how are you? It's great to talk to you. Thanks, man. Sean, what's going on? Look, I actually spoke to you on the show about the fact that Lillard's never going to leave Portland. Maybe about a year ago we talked about this. That I don't want a uh, broken-down Zion Williamson. Let's not even think of Durant or Kyrie. Who's out there? I mean, who are we going to get? I'll wait for your answer. All right, Sean. Uh, well, look, this is all pipe dreams, and I appreciate the phone call. Um, Zion has always kind of felt like a possibility um, since, you know, when he was in, in, in college and talking about the garden. I agree with you. He is He's just not reliable enough, and, and his body type, you would figure, if he's getting hurt now, uh, there's chances that that's going to just continue. If, if you want a name... And it's kind of popped up here, you know, not for the Knicks or not really for anybody as of yet. But if he's ever unhappy, the guy that um, if we if we want to have pipe dreams, Luka Doncic, right? I mean, it seems. I mean, did you hear that clip of him talking about his time in Dallas? It's not just this; it's that; it's everything. And and for a guy who has become known as the guy who the smile and he's happy and all this type of stuff. The Kyrie Irving effect has certainly, uh, has certainly had an impact there. That has been an outright disaster. So if he's, a, you know, like when these guys decide that they want to leave, they end up getting what they want in the NBA. It's a superstar-driven league. So if you want, we're just throwing out names that might possibly become available that I would have major interest in and would move heaven and earth to get, I would say Luka Doncic would be number one probably on my list. 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number, 1-800-919-3776. Let's go to Don is in New Jersey. Don, next up on the Gordon Damer Show. Hey, good afternoon. I saw Doug Sattel, S-I-T-T-E-L, on Google. Hey, I have the tapes of Donald Trump. All right, I don't know what Don is, is uh, talking about there. We'll try Eddie. <laughs> that went. We've had nozzle. some weird That's calls over the time, but uh, that, one, uh, that one went sideways quickly. Uh, Eddie is in Brooklyn. Eddie, get us back on track. Hey, Gordon, what's up, man? How we doing? Uh, how you doing? Listen, the the Knicks is like I was. The Knicks is like a blue collar team, right? You know, every night they go out, they got to play like basically the best game to win, and that's what they've been doing all season, you know. But now at this point, you got guys hurting, so it's starting to show. And for the Knicks, you know, like to be even better next year, they have to go out and get like you just say a star player. I was kind of thinking about Dame Lillard in a way. In a way even though he's a little bit older, but they need a guy. They need a guy like that that could come in every night, be that type of guy. You know what I'm saying? Like keep playing. But at this point, it's like the Knicks was just like basically like what they had now. It's like how the Jets. What happened to the Jets is happening to the Knicks. Nobody expected the Jets to be real good. Then all of a sudden they was good, real good. So now everybody's jump, trying to jump way ahead, thinking championship this and this and that. But it's a process. The Knicks are still in a process. I wouldn't even be surprised 
if the Knicks lose in the first round. No, I mean, I think that they would be, uh, and Eddie, thanks for the phone call as always, uh, that would be the expected outcome, right? I mean, if you're the five seed, even if you are the five seed going up against uh, the Cavaliers, or certainly if you drop down to six, uh, whoever you face there, if it's the 76ers, whoever, uh, yeah, you're, you're likely not going to win that. Now, you have to be more competitive. That much is true. Now, if they went out and, and got swept by whoever, that would be, that would be a real downer. Um, but it's clear at this point, you know, the Knicks are in the group of teams where they belong. They're a lot closer in terms of, of, of production to where the Nets and the Heat are than they are to those top four teams. Those top four teams have separated themselves. And I would have thought going into the season the Heat would have separated themselves as well, but that has not transpired. They've been a very inconsistent team all year. Knicks got another game against them. They have to win that game. They got to clear. The Knicks have to accomplish two things this year to have a successful season. And it's not winning a first-round playoff series. It's not a championship. Get that. I, I mean, who? What, what world? What color is the sky where you live if you think the Knicks are going to compete for a championship this year? It's they got to get the five seed and they got to be more competitive in whatever playoff series they play in the opening round. That's it. And then that's been a successful year. 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number coming up. We'll get more of your phone calls. We'll touch on some Jet stuff. We're legally obligated, people, to at least mention Aaron Rodgers once a show. We'll do that next. It's the Gordon Damer Show. It's 98.7 FM. This is the Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN.